Are you recording? Uh, I am. <laughs> okay. This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode... Is Sky Gateway really essential? Do you know that we can take away from the fact that Sky Gateway's still working? It's doing a job. It's doing that job effectively. I think it works. Simple to use. It does what it says on the tin. And I'd like to see the gaps filled before we start ripping, replacing something that's working. Hello and welcome to the next edition of our Snug Podcasts. Uh, my name's Neil Kelly and I'm a general practitioner in Dumfries and Galloway and one of the co-chairmen of the Scottish National Users Group. For this episode, we decided to look at Sky Gateway and to pick up a conversation with Leslie Donovan, who is the general manager for eHealth in Fife and has been the chairman of the Sky Gateway Short Life Working Group for the last two years. This group's been tasked with looking at the development of Sky Gateway uh, moving forwards for the NHS in Scotland. And we also pick up a conversation with John Wells. John is on the eHealth team in Forth Valley Health Board and has 15 years experience of building Sky Gateway protocols and is able to give a very good overview of how they have been used within his health board. So first of all, without further ado, uh, welcome to to Leslie, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. I, uh, Leslie Donovan, am the uh, head of eHealth in NHS Five. I've had a long career in technology, very long. Some people will say too long. Um, I was ex-commercial. Um, worked at the commercial centre for uh, quite a lot of years and joined the NHS. Um, and I started off in National Service of Scotland and one of my babies um, that I delivered first was Sky Gateway. Um, that was one of my responsibilities. Um, then we moved on to a number of other products and for my sins, I took on GPAS, just as the decision had been made to um, replace her. And then moved up to Scottish Government, which my first job, which I believe in Scottish Government, was to get rid of my substantive post um, and put myself on redeployment, which I'd done successfully, actually. Um, and that was mainly about um, replacing GPAS with the commercial um, systems in um, primary care sector. I actually found it really, really interesting being a Scottish government because they don't have an absolute clue or idea of what happens on the ground. And it's very interesting um, to look at it from a policy perspective. And yes, they need to do a policy, but how do we implement that policy and how does that affect the way things work out on the ground. So that was a very interesting learning curve for me and something that I've been able to bring back into 
the rules since I left um, Scottish Government. Um, the other thing I think which is really interesting um, from how I, I work now is many a time when I was up at Scottish Government and I, was, I would ask for things to be done and I would get the answer, nah, I'm not going to work in a territorial board, you don't understand how a territorial board works. And you would take that as a pinch of salt until you work in a territorial board. And what I found coming to NHS is everything that was said to me before was true. Um, and it's really very interesting because at the end of the day, while sometimes it's very nice to do new things and to change, we have a business that we need to run and we need to make sure that business is stable and there's no harm to uh, anyone. I might sound like I'm preaching, but sometimes it's a really strong um, learning curve, you know, to um, pick that up. I do complain quite a lot that I've never had a promotion since 2006 because I've just moved around in different um, jobs. And I am collecting passes because I've worked in a lot of boards um, on a consultancy basis. I've been down at Dumfries and Galloway, I've been NHS 24, Glasgow. So it is quite interesting to actually see how the other areas work and apply that now that I'm stable in NHS 5 to be able to bring in that learning. So Leslie, do you think, I mean, so you talk quite eloquently there about the differences between territorial boards and, and the perception of what can be done from Scottish government. And, and, and yet we're in a position now where, you know, once for Scotland is very much sort of flavour of the day. Is that a reconcilable uh, tension? I mean, how, how do we sort that? So um, I have actually for a once for Scotland approach where applicable. That's not to say that we don't have a once for Scotland concept, but we have a little bit of variation where it's needed um, within the board. And, and to be fair, sometimes that has to happen anyway, because some boards do um, some services, other boards don't, they do, um, or they do it on behalf of other boards. So there has to be flexibility, but I am a great supporter of Once for Scotland, and I think it can work with that flexibility. Okay, so um, let's move on a little bit to, to Sky Gateway. Um, so you were you were its midwife, effectively. Um, uh, so that's something to be proud of, I guess. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about your current involvement with Gateway? Yeah, so um, bit of obviously background, Gateway's been there for quite a while. It's one of these systems that was ahead of its time when it was implemented and that's why it was homegrown because there was nothing on the market and there was no way to be able to get that integration but i think one of its downfalls is it actually worked and it was just left to fest you know work in the background and um, there was a lack of investment to a certain extent to be able to take advantage of other aspects that um, gateway could have done the biggest problem was to solve the the referral issue um, and, and it did it very well but it didn't expand as it could have so it sat there and sat there and there was um, one of the releases um, I think it was 20 caused a huge problem um, right across NHS Scotland so it raised its, its head again in the fact that there'd been some issues where testing hadn't been done thoroughly and had an impact on the operational runner 
So it was agreed that we would set up a short life working group to look at a roadmap to A, look at where we are at the moment and what do we need to do at least for the next two to three years. Because during that time, um, when we made this discussion, there was the development of the National um, Digital Health and Care Strategy. So it was a case of don't preempt anything at the moment, let's get a roadmap and then we can see how Gateway will align to the new strategy going forward. So what's been really successful, I think, about the Short Life Working Group is I'm the only non-clinician, really, with a voice on that um, group. Um, so, you know, yourself, Neil, a um, couple of other um, consultants um, on that group. And we developed the roadmap and we got to a set stage where we said, right, this can take us for the next two to three years. We'll improve the processes. We'll try and make sure that um, any new releases, we don't have any of those issues we had before, which we've done to a certain extent. But one of the downfalls, I think, um, of um, the Sky Gateway just being seen as a background task is a lot of the skills in the boards um, have withered away in the, the maintenance and the administration from a local perspective. And I think that's something that seriously needs addressed going forward, um, depending on what comes out of the review that part of the Short Life Working Group asked to commission. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Sky Gateway's been around for a little while now. Um, do you want to just sort of reflect a little bit on, you know, how you feel it's delivered for the service over the last little while and in particular, um, what things uh, boards have done to make that a success? There's no doubt that um, the referral system, the electronic structured data of referral information, going to other areas has been a success. And the amount of messages, or what we term a message, which is a referral message, is is huge. And and it's been as we can see it's been a success because we've now got Wales and Northern Ireland using exactly the same product set. I bet it's a it's a copy, it's a different instance, but they saw the value of it. We've seen the value of it as images in Scotland. So I think it's hard to pinpoint, actually, um, because it's just sat there doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, my, my sense is that the boards have certainly in the early days engaged very effectively with designing templates and trying to fit the functionality of gateway around pathways within health boards. And that isn't maybe happening as actively now as it did three, four or five years ago and uh, maybe that's the kind of problem that you're alluding to. Yeah, and I think the, the biggest bit for that is um, when Sky Gateway first came out, um, I remember one board having like 200 and odd different templates um, and there was a, a consolidation piece where I think most boards now just have, um, you know, a handful um, of them. Um, where the generic one is the most the most common. So that's where we've lost the skills because we've lost the skills of the protocol, what I would call the protocol builders in the local boards um, and the general sharing of that um, between the boards where, where one's being designed, you know, for a, a specialty and 
that that being shared out. So I think that's what we've lost. And, and that goes into the testing as well, because it tends to be these people that do the testing whenever a new release comes out. And But the other thing I think that we need to be careful of is when these um, protocols and, and these messages go into the receiving systems, I mean, we're looking now that the majority of the boards, 99% of the boards, are now on track, for example. But it's still complex in trying to get information into those systems. So while we can do it from a referral management and a vetting perspective, the actual data is not really reused in those systems. And I think that's one of the downfalls of having that integration. We've sort of done it to get over a hump and get the vetting done and measure the vetting's done within three days or you know the agents are done, for example. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously as a clinician, what we're trying to do is convey a clinical situation, a message about the patient's problem to another clinician. And um, there are always challenges in designing a template which suggests that the, the, the specialist needs certain information which the GP must provide before the referral is, is, is allowed to be sent. And then, um, as you say, at the point that it is actually sent, that information sort of isn't easy for the for the receiving clinician to find so uh, I, I you're right i do wonder how we um improve that clinical clinician to clinician functionality yeah and and i have a bit of a mantra which i'm trying to um introduce it by but you know get into the data once and you use it many times rather than having to redo it or try and piece things together in a piecemeal point of view, which is what you have in the acute sector because everything's letter-based and, and we need to look into each letter rather than looking at it holistically. Yeah, okay. Um, so uh, do you want to just sort of tell us a little bit about um, where you think uh, Sky Gateway is now in the greater scheme of things and, and uh, perhaps where it's where it's heading? Yeah, so <laughs> I might get shot for this, but... Um, I don't think we can take away from the fact that Sky Gateway is still working. It's doing a job. It's doing that job effectively. So we need to make a decision on, do we invest in it to make sure it's still working and effective until everything else is in place and then we, we go back and see what, what we do in, in that space? Or do we look at it as a core change, as a building block, for the new environment which is in the ether at the moment from a national perspective now my preference is from my perspective um, and i'm talking purely within nhs5 we have a number of gaps and i'd like to see the gaps filled before we start ripping replacing something that's working yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. Um, we, we, we are beguiled by ethereal products a lot of the time, aren't we? And um, it, it would be a travesty to bin something that um, has been functioning pretty well. Uh, I suppose one of the challenges for Gateway has always been, you know, does it sit on a technical platform, if you like, that is sufficiently um, robust for, for us going forward? I don't know, what, what do you sort of feel about that? So there was investment a couple of years ago to upgrade the environment and resilience was put in to that environment. 
What is missing now is as we're changing our services and we're moving more to a 24-7 longer hours. So it's not so much from the actual infrastructure. I think we're we're stable with the infrastructure, Um, but it's that support wrapper around it which needs to be looked at. Yeah, and I guess one of the other things that um, Gateway was sort of suggested as a solution to was some of that dialogue messaging backwards and forwards. And I'm not sure that that works terribly well. It's a bit of a sort of there and back and that's about it sort of process. And I wonder how we can improve on that. Yeah, so one of the downfalls, I think, around Sky Gateway is, um, apart from the fact that we have the, the, the protocol and the structure there, is the actual integrations. I mean, Sky Gateway, at the end of the day, is like a mail room. It's little pigeon boxes and it's moving data from place to place. The clinical dialogue and the concept of it is really very good because it helps remove possibly um, referrals if you're just doing um, you know, the dialogue and you're looking for advice. But it doesn't integrate to anything. And this comes back, it's not just a Sky Gateway issue, but it comes back to the myriad of applications that we're asking clinicians to use at the moment. And clinicians haven't got the time to flick into here for that, into there for something else. So our, our stumbling block, has, I think the concept is really good, but I think the stumbling block is um, having clinicians within the acute sector or community you know, consultants like mental health having to go into another system and know something's waiting for them to have that dialogue. So that's a, that's a big blocker at the moment. So what's your sort of vision then for um, the future of all of this? I mean, how, how are we going to um, build the functionality that allows us to have those effective communications across health and social care in the future? It's down to integration. It has to be down to prioritising the level of integration and having those discussions with our suppliers. And some of those discussions with our suppliers is, doesn't matter whether it's Sky Gateway or another integration engine, those strong conversations have to be made. Intersystems, for example, it's a nightmare trying to port information into intersystems system. They don't trust anything coming in from another system um, into this. So that I think that's one of the things that we need to do, is have those strong conversations, because we need to make it easy. Uh, my, my sense is that the health and social care digital strategy kind of encourages us to do that without necessarily suggesting what tools are required to make that happen. And I, I suspect that we do need to try and find a way across the whole of Scotland to make that happen. And that could be quite challenging because some of the big boards are perhaps much more influential in all of this than some of the smaller boards. Mm, To be fair, from an integration point of view, I can understand talking about the more influential boards, but this is a standard want from an integration. Where they influence is we need 100%, not 80 But that's pre-COVID. I think we've shifted during COVID and moving into living with COVID going forward, where 80% it's usually is, is, is going to be enough as long as we've got a plan for the other 20%. So culturally, I think we've shifted as well. 
from the way it was before. Yes, I think that's really interesting, isn't it? That, that um, something that was as unexpected as that has has really changed the the landscape for us um, in, in NHS Scotland. So um, that's really interesting, Leslie. Um, thanks a lot for just taking that time. Um, so, uh, and I'm glad you're going to have some time off next week. What, what, what have you got planned? I presume you're not going to Aberdeen. Uh, no. We were planning on going away for a couple of days, put some money back into the economy, but um, I've decided to uh, create a craft room, so one of my spare bedrooms is getting fitted out. Oh, right. So uh, what's going to happen in there, or shouldn't I ask? (laughs) Uh, Well, I have three sewing machines and um, bits and pieces that are usually sitting in the garage. I'm going to start making use of them. All right. So, so what? What's what? I presume you're not making scrubs. No, <laughs> I might be making masks. Though. Excellent. Okay. Well, <laughs> enjoy your few days off. Well, well earned, uh, Leslie. And thank you very much indeed for uh, taking the time to have this little chat. Uh, I know that Snug, the National Users Group, will be tickled to know that you're not making scrubs. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Leslie. Cheers. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us. I was just trying to think when you came to Forth Valley and when we started using Gateway. I I think Gateway started in 2003. I I joined Forth Valley in January 2005. I've pretty much taken over writing protocols and working with Gateway back then. So it's been 15 years. Yeah, I mean, there probably aren't too many people in Scotland who know more about Gateway than you, I would think. Yeah, well, I, th- I think there's still one or two at um, NISG that uh, have been been around as long as me. But yeah, c- across the boards, I think I'm probably one of the longest standing. Yeah. And I was thinking back, you know, to the early 2000s and trying to introduce electronic referrals in Scotland. And we'd had this programme called Second Opinion, which you've probably heard of. And that populated a Word document, um, you know, with information from the GP system and gave you a nice sign compliant referral. But you had to print it and send in a paper copy because the hospitals couldn't handle emails. Um, But Gateway was really the first decent way to create a referral and deliver it electronically. And it really continues to do that very efficiently, you know, nearly 20 years later. Uh, You know, so it's become a lot more than a GP referral system. Um, can you give us a rough idea of the sort of scale, you know, and, and just some of the different uses for Gateway in Forth Valley, you know, in 2020? Yeah, I mean, the, the GP referrals are only a, a small part of it now. Um, from the practices as well as the GPs, you've got advanced nurse practitioners using Gateway, physiotherapists, uh, pharmacists, uh, out, out with the GP practices, all the uh, high street dentists use Sky Gateway. And um, anecdotally, last year, 2019, there were just under 7,000 dental referrals sent by high street dentists. Uh, The optometrists all all use Sky Gateway um, and they don't just use it for referrals. They're using advice messaging as well. Um, So the acute ophthalmology department, they, they get as many advice requests as they do referrals. And that's cut down a lot of um wasted trips to the hospital 
um, NHS 24 now use Sky Gateway and they do a lot of the MSK uh, referrals in. Um, we've got screening services using Sky Gateway. So we get all the bowel screening uh, results and cervical smear results coming back in. Uh, from the acute side of things, um, nearly every single acute service specialty in Forth Valley is using Sky Gateway. They do onward referrals. They refer to other health boards. Um, they use advice messaging to one another. From the wards, when patients are being discharged, nurses use Sky Gateway to um, refer to the district nursing service. The registrar's office and the procurator fiscal re uh, receive um, death certificates and death notifications. So, it's, yeah, it's a lot more than just GPs using Sky Gateway. Um, and I, I guess one issue has always been for non-GP users, you know, how to pre-populate fields like demographics rather than having to type everything in. And I know you can probably explain how that's done by the Sky Store lookup. Well, yeah, the practices have, have it have it easy to be to be honest, because yeah, everything's populated from the GP system. Out, out with that, it's not quite so straightforward. But we do link to um, Sky Store. For a lookup, all, all the user does is put in the patient's uh, name and date of birth and the sex, clicks a button, and it'll go away and retrieve all matches from the Sky Store for that. Uh, if there's more than one match, they just pick it from a list, and that automatically then uh, completes all the demographic fields within the gateway referral. Yeah, it's a small extra step compared to what the GPs do, but they use it. Uh, and, you know, we, we've got th thousands of referrals and advice messages sent every year by the non-GP community. And that, that's the same for the dentists and the optometrists as well. Um, they've got a CHI lookup. It's slightly different, but again, this the same sort of functionality. They do a lookup directly from the national CHI record rather than the local Sky Store. I mean, I remember working early on, you know, with you on the specific cancer referral protocols, you know, spending some happy hours with the, the protocol generator, you know, in spite of knowing nothing about XML. Um, but those were a big factor, I think, in encouraging GPs to use the protocols because that would get the patient seen, you know, quickly. You'd see the patient send an urgent referral in. And I remember one lady getting an endoscopy you know, the next week, which was was fantastic. But you, you've often been caught between specialties who want all sorts of detailed, you know, information and structure in the referral. And then the GPs just want something that's quick and, and easy to use. So there's a bit of a balancing act for you in designing a protocol that gives a recipient what they want, but doesn't take too long for the referrer. Uh, absolutely. It's, a, it's all about compromise between between the referrer and the recipient um, and it is it's quite often a juggling act but but over the years we've learned what works what doesn't and the mantra is always keep it simple obviously some specialties require a lot of detail um, in the referrals um, so they can triage a patient more efficiently so it, it, it is some, sometimes quite complicated getting that balance between what people are willing to put to the referral and what, what the recipient requires in referral but but i think on the on the whole we get there oh yeah and i mean we can we can actually browse around every live protocol in different boards can't we to get an idea you know what other people are doing are our ideas and protocol design shared much between different areas 
In the early days, that was definitely a case. People were asking, you know, have you done this? Have you got a referral for that? And and we'd, uh, it was really easy just to share our code between each other. Some boards, I, I think, don't do it as well as others. Uh, I think Fourth Valley have um, done a good job with the protocols. They're laid out. They're user-friendly. They do the job. But yeah, I mean, there's not been a lot of sharing and collaboration between boards recently. Um, the last few years in particular, when the, the national user group uh, stopped meeting, um, prior to that, we were always sharing ideas and code and protocols. Uh, one of the Fourth Valley protocols, the, the lymphedema protocol, that was adopted nationally. And that was used as the template for the national one. So it, it kind of says we're getting it right locally. I mean, Gateway is just such a massive part of our daily business as usual. When you hear talk about, you know, maybe it's too old and we need to rip it out and replace it. What, what do you think? I, I think no, but I'm quite biased because I'm, I'm quite, quite attached to the system. And that's because I think it works. It, it does what it says on the tin. Simple to use. Working behind the scenes with, with the system, you know, the administration of the system is really simple, really straightforward. And from a user perspective, it is pretty simple to use and follow. As far as being too old, yeah, it's been around a while, but there's been over the years lots of upgrades to the system. And a lot of that hasn't necessarily been the front end user side of things a lot of it's been behind the scenes modernizing the infrastructure it sits on modernizing the technology used and yeah i I think it would be daft to scrap a system that works yeah i mean it's a bit like the situation with replacing gpit systems Uh, you know we need to ensure that what comes next is at least as good as what we have already absolutely yeah, I mean, it, it, back back in the day, I mean, Gateway was d- designed to work with the GPass and got developed and modernised so it works with um, other GP systems. You know, the ones that you in use across Scotland now. Well, look, that seems like a good place to leave it. Thank you very much indeed, and um, uh, enjoy the hill walking. Yeah, well, I was up a couple last week. <laughs> oh well, thanks a lot. Thank you. So there we are. Thank you very much, Leslie Donovan, and also uh, to John Wells. Um, I think some very useful insights into the functioning and future of of Sky Gateway. Uh, If you are interested in our other podcasts, please go and find them from your usual podcast provider uh, and subscribe and leave us some feedback on that network, which would be really useful. We're particularly interested in hearing about other topics or issues that you would like us to cover. Uh, If you're interested in the workings of the Scottish National Users Group, please go and find us uh, on our website. We have lots of information there about activities and how to get the best out of your GPIT systems, and in particular, some details about our virtual Scottish National Users Group Members Day, which we're going to run on the 10th of November this year. Uh, And there are details there of, of how to sign up for that. So, Until next time, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of your summer.